Is everybody ready for the word? Amen. Amen. Let's brag on Jesus this morning. Let's turn to the book of Mark, chapter 1. When you get there, stand with me, please. Mark, chapter 1. Mark chapter 1, beginning in verse 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophets, Behold, I send my messenger before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. There went out unto him all the land of Judea, and they of Jerusalem, and all baptized of him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins, and he did eat locusts and wild honey, and he preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. I indeed have baptized you with water, but he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Let's pray. Father, I love you and praise you. I'm thankful for the time you've given me this morning to stand and to proclaim your truth. Thank you, Lord, for everyone gathered here in your sanctuary this morning. Lord, we miss those that aren't here, but those that have come, bless them, Lord, and may we worship you today in a manner that brings honor and glory to you, Lord. Lord, you've heard the prayer requests that have been spoken. We just seek that your will be done with each of these requests. Now, Lord, as we come to the breaking of the bread of life, give me those words to say that I might preach with boldness and authority in those things you've laid upon my heart to say. Feed your people, Lord. Lord, may your Holy Spirit speak to our hearts. And Lord, if there's one amongst us knows you not in free pardon of sin, may they be saved before it's too late. Lord, may your Spirit deal with us this morning. We love you and we praise you and we thank you for this time. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. <coughs> please, be, please be seated. You'll notice in the book of Mark, he just gets right to it, doesn't he? Matthew spoke about the genealogy of Christ. See, he's wanting to convince the readers about Christ being a son of Abraham and a son of David. Luke spoke about Christ coming into the world, his birth. And of course, John introduced his book in eternity past, speaking of Christ. But Mark here just gets right to it, and I can appreciate that. Amen? I kind of like things that just go right to it. I don't like beating around the bush. And you'll find out as your pastor, you know that I don't beat around the bush. I try to tell you the truth. I preach. I close the book when the Lord says shut up. Out the door we go. And I think that's the way we're supposed to be. Amen. Now, 
let's get with it. Let's look at the beginning of the gospel. The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. First of all, notice he says, the beginning of the gospel of who? Jesus. Well, of course we know Jesus is the Greek name, but in the Hebrew translation, it's Joshua. And that means that Jehovah is salvation. And by the way, Jesus is the only way. He is the only truth and the only life. And in Him and Him only is there salvation. There's no other. You can't be saved by Buddha. You cannot be saved by Confucius. You cannot be saved by Muhammad. Christ and Christ alone is the only one that can save you. Notice he says Jesus, Christ. Now, of course, we know that that word means the anointed one. Excuse me. And Christ is the Messiah. And the Jews knew that there was a prophecy concerning that the Messiah would one day come. But you see, they didn't think that the Messiah would come as a lowly servant. And that's what John's trying to teach the readers here. But that Christ would come on a great steed and would deliver the Jews from their enemies, the Romans. They had it backwards, didn't they? I'll get in trouble, but there's a lot of people that have this book backwards. Amen? Now, notice the Son of God. You see, He, yes, came in the flesh. That's why they called Him Jesus, gave Him a human name. But He was God's only begotten Son. But not only was He the Son of God, this is what blows people's minds, He is God. He is God. And they can't seem to get that through their heads. Even today, Jehovah Witnesses, they do not believe in the deity of Christ or the trinity of Christ. Even Mormons don't believe in the deity of Christ. But Mark is showing his readers that he is who he claimed to be and that he is. Now, as it is written in the prophets, there was a prophecy fulfilled in the Old Testament when John the Baptist, and that's who we're going to talk about today, a little bit about John the Baptist. I guess (laughs) they thought he was a little weird back then. But don't they think we're weird too today? But he was a forerunner for Christ. It was prophesied. And for the sake of time, I'll just give you a couple passages. Over in the book of Isaiah chapter 40. Turn over there real quick. We won't stay long. But I want to show you that this prophecy was fulfilled. Look at verse 3, chapter 40 and verse 3. Here's the two prophecies. Voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Now go over to Malachi. That's the book before the New Testament, Matthew. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. 
and look at verse 1. <coughs> Excuse me. Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom you delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the Lord of hosts. Now, understand, those were prophecies given. Those prophecies were fulfilled when John the Baptist came on the scene. You see, he was the forerunner or the messenger of Christ. The job of a forerunner back in those days was one to go and make sure the way was prepared for the king to come and then also to announce to the people the king is coming. Do y'all believe he's coming? Amen. John the Baptist fulfilled that prophecy when he came in on the scene. He was the forerunner of Christ. Amen. Now go back to our text. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. So that is exactly what John the Baptist did. Now, notice. And John did baptize in the wilderness and preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Now understand, John is out there. In the wilderness, he was an old-timey preacher, if you will, wasn't dressed in the finest of clothes. He was out there proclaiming that people needed to repent. And by the way, who was he speaking to? He was speaking to the Jews, you see. Understand the dead religion that the Jews got accustomed to. It was a dead orthodoxy. Understand, it was nothing but rituals. Nothing but laws to keep. And the people then were dead. Spiritually. And they were sinners. And here he comes in on the scene. And he begins to preach his message as he's preparing for the Lord Jesus Christ to come. He's preaching what? Politics? No. Salvation, repentance. What is repentance? It's a change of mind. It is a change of heart. It is a change of one's actions. And he began to preach repentance. You see, the Jews needed to repent because they, again, had gotten into a cold, dead religion. Their minds wasn't on serving God. It was on what it's on today in the world. self and the pleasures of the world. Amen. So he started preaching repentance. Now this is where some folks get mixed up. This passage here will mess you up if you don't understand the word of God and you take it out of context. Notice John did baptize in the wilderness and preach the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Now if I'll get in trouble... But if you run across a church of Christ, an old Mennonite, if you run across them, they'll take this passage here and say, see, you have to be baptized to be saved. 
Listen to me. He wasn't preaching that baptism saves. He was preaching when you repent, your sins will be forgiven. But you got to repent first. In fact, before a person can be saved, they've got to repent of their sins. Listen. See that? That's a baptistry. It's never saved no one. It will never save one single soul. Baptism doesn't save. It's the blood of Jesus that saves. What John is declaring, if you come, you repent, you get baptized, not for salvation, but because it shows that there's been a change. God has forgiven you of your sins. It's the same way today. When someone walks the aisle, they give their heart to Christ, they're born again, then they follow the Lord in baptism. And what it pictures is a new life in Christ. The old person is dead to sin, the new person is changed and is living for the Lord. Walking in the newness of life. That's what it pictures. But baptism doesn't save. Understand the Jews knew all about baptism because they were used to the Gentiles when they would convert to Judaism. They would baptize themselves and that was a picture that, you know what, they had made a change. So they were used to baptism but they never saw it like John the Baptist. It's estimated by some theologians that John and his disciples, during that period of time, waiting for the Lord to come, baptized 300,000 or more. Now that would have been a day's work. Amen. Can you imagine baptizing 300,000? Wow. Now notice, John did baptize in the wilderness and preached the baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Look at verse 5. There went out unto him all the land of Judea and they of Jerusalem and were all baptized of him in the river of Jordan confessing their sins. There he is. By the way, that was about a 20 mile walk, right preacher? They all came to hear this crazy preacher out in the wilderness proclaiming repentance. And the Bible says that when they heard it, Brother Dave, they confessed their sins and they were baptized, not for salvation, but because their sins had been forgiven and they were changed. And let me just say, anyone that comes to Jesus, if they truly repented and they have been born again, there will be a change. Amen? Now, here he is out in the wilderness, and people are coming. Well, according to Matthew, there was also a group of Pharisees and Sadducees that showed up, but they weren't too concerned about hearing his message. No, they wanted to come and mock him. And curiosity always kills the cat. They wanted to see what the fuss was. But understand, even John the Baptist, when he saw him, According to Matthew, he said, 
you generational vipers, who hath delivered you from the wrath to come? You see, they weren't interested in getting right. You see, they didn't want their apple cart upset. They had it made. And here, John the Baptist is telling the Jews in those days, and there were Gentiles, that they needed to prepare the way of the Lord. He's coming. And beloved, let me just say today, we have a responsibility as a church body to also prepare the way of the Lord. We are to be proclaiming, the King is coming. Get right with the Lord. Get right with the King. Are we doing that? When we talk about John faithfully fulfilling what God called him to do as a forerunner, my question this morning is, where are our preachers today? Are we faithfully proclaiming, one, people need to repent, and two, the king is coming? You see, there are those that want to hear the word of God. There are those that when you preach the gospel, they will Heed the calling of the Holy Spirit. Heed the word of God and they'll come. And then you got your nappers is what I call them. They sit there. They close their eyes to the word of God. They close their mind to the word of God. And they close most of all their heart to the word of God. Because they don't care. They don't want to hear it. But beloved... As a preacher of the gospel, I have a responsibility to tell you, except you repent, you're going to perish. Jesus is coming. You have to be ready. So don't fall asleep on me this morning. Amen? Don't go to sleep. John faithfully fulfilled the mandate God gave him. And by the way... That mandate was from heaven. And guess what, preachers? You and I have also been given a mandate from heaven. And we've been called to deliver it just like John the Baptist. We are to preach repentance and his return. We are to preach the word, the whole counsel of God. And yes, it's true, not everybody likes it. But we still have to fulfill the mandate from heaven God called us to do. And I'm thankful that John the Baptist was faithful to that call. How about you this morning? You say, well, you're talking to preachers. I'm talking to all of us because we as believers have a mandate from heaven that says we are to tell others about the king. Amen. That is coming. Now, notice. Everybody come to see, confessing their sins. And then here's old John in verse 6. And John was clothed with camel's hair and with a girdle of skin about his loins. And he did eat locusts and wild honey. Now I'm here to tell you, he would have been a sight, no doubt. Animal skins and camel hair for raiment. Eating locusts and wild honey. Why? Because he was a a desert dweller, and that's the way they 
dressed. But notice with me his dependence wasn't on the customs of the world and society. He wasn't into fine dining, fine apparel. He was into serving God. Amen? And he ate a balanced diet. Hey, locusts are protein. Wild honey is carbohydrates. That's a balanced diet. Now, I could deal with the carbohydrates. That's my problem. I like too many carbohydrates. And I do like protein, but it needs to be beef. And it needs to be pork. But he ate locusts. Uh, Folks, if it gets as bad as it looks like it might be one of these days, you might better start putting locusts in a jar. Because that might be our only source of protein. Amen? But it's protein. But my point is this. He depended on God for everything. Are you depending on God to meet your needs? And by the way he looked, there was no way he would ever be invited to the synagogue. And had he went to the synagogue, it's for sure he would have probably never been invited back. But see, he wasn't there to please man. He was there to please God. And that's our responsibility, to make sure everything that we do in this life pleases God. Shouldn't worry about pleasing man. I'll tell you, early in my ministry, I used to think, I've got to please those deacons. I've got to please those Sunday school teachers. I got to please that whole congregation. Well, God showed me pretty quick that no, you please me. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this in pride and arrogance that I'm my own man, I'll do what I want. No, that's not what I'm trying to get you to listen to. What I'm trying to show is God expects me to please Him first and not to worry about what. You might say to me, because if you say anything against me, you'll answer to him. So I don't worry about it. I used to, because I wanted to be liked. Now don't get me wrong, I want y'all to love me and like me. And I know sometimes I can probably rub you the wrong way. But y'all rub me the wrong way too. We're not perfect, are we? But listen to me, our heart desire should be to please God in everything that we say and we do. I want to get along with you, I want you to get along with me, but above all, we want to get along with God. And John wasn't about, look at me, it's all about me, no, 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 John was humbled. You know why he was humbled? I'm going to show you. Go back to our text. And preached, saying, There cometh one mightier than I after me, 
the latchet of whose shoes I am not worthy to stoop down and unloose. You see, when John compared himself to the King, the Lord Jesus Christ, when he looked at himself and then looked at the Lord, he realized real quick that he was a nobody. And beloved, that is supposed to be who we are. When we line ourselves up next to the Lord and we see ourselves next to him how we really are, uh, we're nobodies. You say, I don't like that. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. He is everything. Remember what John said at one point? I must decrease, he must increase. You see, it wasn't about getting people to follow him. And by the way, he had quite a few followers. But that wasn't what it was about. It wasn't about how big his ministry was. And by the way, preachers out there, and and I'll tell you, I understand because you know what the devil likes to do? Especially preachers, but all of us as human beings. He loves to convince us that we are something else in our own sight. He wants to convince us just, oh, God wouldn't be able to do a thing if it wasn't for me. Beloved, you're treading on dangerous ground because God don't need me. He don't need you. If he wanted to, he could call upon the rocks to praise him. I don't know about you, but I don't want no rock to praise him. As long as I have breath, I want to praise him for who he is. Now, again, there comes one mightier than I after me. And he's talking about who? Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down and loose. Understand, the statement John is making is, listen to me, I am worse than any slave that any master could have. I'm not even as worthy as that old slave to unloose the latchet of his shoes. Now that's humbleness. No arrogance, no pride, humbleness. And when you and I come to God, we must come in the same manner, humble before him. And notice verse 8. I indeed have baptized you with water, common element, water. But he says when Jesus gets here, he says he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost. You see, I baptized you with water. Okay? But when Jesus comes, he will baptize you by the Holy Ghost. And what he's saying there is when Jesus comes, 
his blood will wash away all your sins and save your soul. And the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost will come and take up residence in your heart. Now, beloved, I'm thankful for John the Baptist because he set an example. He had a heavenly mandate and he fulfilled that mandate. As a church, we have a mandate from heaven. We are to preach and teach and warn people that they've got to repent and that the king is coming. And you and I shouldn't be worried about what anybody says about Lone Mountain. Don't worry your little heads about any of that because we as a church body, it's not about what they think of us. It's about what the Lord thinks of us. You know, people in other churches, they tend to make fun a little old country church like this in a big city. They tend to say, what's wrong with them people? Well, there's nothing wrong with us. The problem is, what's wrong with them? Yes, we love to hear God's word. We preach God's word around here. We teach God's word around here. We sing around here. We pray. There's nothing wrong with us here at Lone Mountain. And I've seen God from time to time. The word of God will be proclaimed. The Holy Spirit will convict and draw an individual to the altar for salvation. I've seen the Lord from time to time. Someone will be sitting there that has left the Lord and his church for a period of time, but he's drawn them back to him. I've seen God move in a service where we couldn't help but glorify God. Some of us even shout, hallelujah, amen. Nothing wrong with that. And I've seen God hear us when we cried out in prayer, Lord, please, heal brother so-and-so, sister so-and-so. Lord, we know that it's going to be you and only you see them through. And I've seen God faithfully hear our prayers, answer that prayer, and that brother or that sister be brought back whole. So no, there's nothing wrong with Lone Mountain Baptist Church. Don't be worried about what others may say. Be thankful that God has placed you in a church like this. Don't take it for granted because not every church is like that. You see, we're living in a time where the gospel's not preached. Repentance is not preached. Sin, not preached. We're living in a time where there's nothing but just humanism and liberalism being taught. And the thing that amazes me, well, I shouldn't be, but I am amazed, is how many people flock to something that's other than the truth. It amazes me. 
But listen to me. The gospel, as I close, the gospel began when John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ, came to the world in the wilderness and began preaching repentance for the remission of sins. And by the way, remission of sin means the forgiveness of sin, the pardon of sin from God. Now everybody's on the same page as I get ready to close. Everybody's on the same page that John the Baptist wasn't preaching heresy. He wasn't preaching that baptism is what forgives us of our sin. That's not what he was preaching. Y'all all understand that. So the next time a Mennonite comes knocking on the door, you can open the Bible and say, this is what the Word of God says. Okay. You get baptized because your sins have been forgiven. That's what he was stressing. And by the way, you don't get baptized to get saved. You get saved to get baptized. Amen? Okay. Don't want to leave y'all wondering. If you're here under the sound of my voice, I'm here to tell you, if you'll repent of sin, Lord God of heaven will hear you and will forgive you of your sin and cleanse you and save you if you'll come. And trust him to do so. If you're under the sound of my voice this morning, and maybe you're one of those that have left your first love. You've wandered away from God. You know you're saved, but you've wandered away. You know what I'm thankful for about God? He doesn't throw us away, but he wants us to come back. And he's right where you left him. Why don't you do that if God is speaking to your heart? Maybe you're here this morning and you're tired of being drawn away to one of those friendly, <clears throat> excuse me, seeking churches where all they're going to tell you, all they're going to talk about is, oh, how good you are. Oh, life's good. Oh, we have struggles, but you know what? It'll be okay. Maybe you're tired at that and you want the truth. Let God lead you to a church where you're going to hear the word of God. You're going to hear it preached and taught. But above all, whatever he's leading you to do this morning, if you'll come, he will deal with you. So obey his voice. Let's pray.